Hi, I'm Rain Wilson. And I'm James Gunn. You are tuning in or clicking in to Geekscape. 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 Hi, Geekscapists. Welcome back to the Geekscape couch for episode 106 of Geekscape, your favorite movies, video it's games, and... It is not 106. Oh, 206. <laughs> Ooh! Somebody's been drinking early. I quit. Um, <laughs> thanks for the correction, guys. Uh, welcome to Geekscape episode 206, your favorite... You tried to reset the odometer. I'm like Cameron in the garage in Ferris oh. Bueller's Day Off. You're like, can we just rewind a bit? Can we just go backwards? Uh, welcome to episode... Can't two... blame me. Your dad hates me already. <laughs> welcome to episode 206 of Geekscape, your favorite movies, video games, and comic book podcast, where we talk about the latest news and reviews in the world of movies, video games, and comics. And as I, on my show notes, I literally did write episode 106. 106. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm still a bit uh, frazzled from last week's uh, comic, uh, WonderCon episode. We had a crazy time in the booth. That Somebody on Twitter described it as... So the in the insanity of the Geekscape WonderCon episode, and I love those episodes, man. I love the the Comic Con episodes, the you know, WonderCon episodes. They're always fun. The nice thing I like about, especially like the Comic Con and the WonderCon stuff, is like you get the round robin. So you get a little taste of everybody's experience with stuff. You get to hear how everybody's having a good time. Were you jealous, having a good time. Jason Ellis, that you weren't able to be there? This is Jason Ellis, a longtime friend Big and uh, friend. He was jealous. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, I got to admit, no, please, Wally. Love no, you, well, uh, this is Ryan Walton over here on the left side. Thumb shark it up. All right. Oh, no, there's a thumb, <laughs> thumb shark. Um, yeah. No, I, I was really sad I couldn't make it, actually. I, I have been, you know, you guys all know I'm, I'm obscenely busy with work right now, but, you know, WonderCon looked like such a good time, and in retrospect, I, I have no choice. I have to go next year. I mean, I have to take the time off because you guys looked like you had a great time. It looked like, what what looked like to me, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, is that with WonderCon, you had the fun of Comic-Con without the insanity of feeling like a sardine packed into, you know, you know, two square feet. There was still some sardine packing. Well, I think that's it. natural yeah, at any of these events. But, like, it looked like you just, it looked like almost a little more relaxed in that regard. It is relaxed, but I do have to say, you can tell WonderCon is having a shift. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can yeah. definitely tell, like, that this is... It's starting to Comic-Con had already sold out by the time yeah. WonderCon came around, so it really felt like a lot of people were like, I was going to go to San Diego, but it was sold out, so we came here, and that is... Yeah, so the overflow is starting to happen. Yeah, yeah well, look, I think that's... You know, listen, as, as comic books, TV shows, or as comic books, video games, etc., become much more mainstream fodder, especially in, a, you know, in an entertainment world where mm-hmm. we're all stealing ideas that have already been created and repurposing them for other mediums, like, you know... You're going to see the shift of WonderCon the same way Comic-Con has, where everything's about the new TV show based on the, the comic mm-hmm. book or the film that's based on the comic book that was a TV show, and, you know, sort of these these domino, you know, mediums, or medias that have been repurposed over and over again. Right. So, um, and Did you read that GQ article, The Day the Movies Died? No. About just how much of this stuff is going to be based on other properties and how this summer we're going to have... I mean, he, yeah. he reads it out loud, the... the it's it's alarming, but you know how many things are sequels of sequels of sequels or based on a property yeah. of this and that. Yeah. Uh, but really, like the risk mitigation of Hollywood is something that uh, yeah. is real. And yeah, I don't think it's going to be. I think it's going to be five years before we start to see original projects come out again. Well, we saw Sucker Punch, and you guys fucking shat on it. So I blame you for, you know, enjoy What's your enjoy your Thor movie. No, you're right. You're right. What's original about it? Um, no, you're you're right there too. It is it is geek by numbers and uh, and lacked the energy yeah. you would think from geek well, by and numbers. Speaking of which, as we briefly mentioned, actually, I'm going to see if I can. Oh no, no, we'll do it later. But I, somebody sent me a tweet that was like, "Hey, 
totally read this article about Sucker Punch getting, you know, Sucker Punch mm-hmm. and, and some guy smacking down all the nerds for it. And I think you know yeah. this guy. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, yeah, I know him. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's not so much smacking down the nerds as hoping to wake up the nerds and be like, well, guys, if... Well, a lot of people took you know. it the, the way this book... Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people... Know, one person who took it really well, and we haven't talked about it on the show yet, Roger Ebert <laughs> took it the way it was meant Come to be Come on, pound that shit. <laughs> All right. Love it. Um, well, <laughs> not, not only that, but w- when Diablo Cody writes you and says, yeah. God bless you, it makes me feel pretty good. She's um, an atheist, by the way, so I don't know. Oh, no, you're right. She didn't, she didn't say, God bless you. She just said, bless you. So whatever uh, interpersonal deities... Did you respond, how did you know I sneezed? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Instantrimshot.com. I'm not that smart, Nellis. I'm not that smart. Yes. Make sure you type yes, out that URL correctly. Because you could have we'll do a little bar down here just to make everybody know. <laughs> what is it? Uh, instantrimshot.com. I don't know, but that's funny. Yeah, no, instantrimshot.com, uh, sadtrombone.com. It's just something that you... It's you literally that you, you go to the site, you press a button, and it just does... Or, or the sound I made earlier... Like, it's literally a flash button. The internet it. is a magnificent <laughs> place. <laughs> Keep in mind, uh, the power in your cell phone is the equivalent of the computer that sent people to the moon yeah. back in the 60s. And now we have instant rim show. We've come a long way. We've we have. come a it's long true. way. Well, if, if anybody well, saw... What was the quote I saw that I just I was amazed by? And I can't. I think I butchered. I think I butchered Jimmy Fallon or Conan O'Brien. In was it? Yeah, I I think it was one of those guys. Yeah. Uh, In 1969, NASA had the same power in their computers that you have in your cell phone. They sent a man to the moon. You send a bird into pigs. You sent huh. a bird into pigs. Uh, this is off-camera mic guy, off-mic guy. <laughs> off-mic guy is what it's there, there was a review podcast that did not like Geekscape. They, they, but these are guys who this only... Is, there's a podcast out there that, that reviews, reviews podcasts. podcasts. <laughs> and already... I think uh, I, think, I only I use think, this word sparingly, but that's retarded. <laughs> I, I, think, I think making a, uh, a podcast in itself is... Uh, if there was... If we're pretty was, self-centered. Let's it, be honest. Yeah, this is no, all no. about us. No, if there were badges for loserdom, <laughs> <laughs> I think having a podcast gets you a badge, and I then agree. having a podcast that lasts 206 episodes gives you stars on the badge. God. Doing a podcast about podcasts that got us our purple heart. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I, I gotta be honest. Like that's pretty pathetic. <laughs> that's pretty sad. What's great though is the guy starts the review. He's like, "Well, I'm not a geek, but..." Here we go! Oh, God. <laughs> I have no idea what these people... Yeah. He's like, these. I wanted to get news from this podcast. You're not getting You're not shit. Getting shit. <laughs> You're not getting shit. Let me tell you shit. something. You want news. There are better places. There are better places. Yeah. You described Jonathan. He, he had really nice things to yeah. say about Jonathan. <laughs> not me he, so much. He, he'd be the only person who has nice things to say about Jonathan. Not me so much. He didn't like me. Well, nobody does. To, to love you. <laughs> to, um, it's okay. To let you guys know just how... Uh, Sad, I think, doing a podcast about podcasts is. Don't even remember the name. <laughs> I don't. And on that uh, note, let's dive in. <laughs> so, guys, uh, let's review a movie. This weekend, we had tons of opening up. We had Hannah. We had uh, Arthur. 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 Super. Su- uh, super went into the water. Yeah, last it's week. So but limited. Yeah. That- um, we're talking about stuff. I chose because I love this movie and I've loved it for months. Uh, I chose to go see Your Highness with my brother Paul. Um, it is the perfect movie for two brothers to go see. It is a fantasy movie in which Danny McBride and James Franco play brothers, uh, princes of a kingdom in a fantasy world where dragons and, and myth- mythical beasts exist. And it's literally like a D&D world. 
a man is defined by his successful quests that he has accomplished. Mm-hmm. And Danny McBride is the kind of loser, lackluster, uh, stoner brother of James Franco, who is the beloved prince of a kingdom. He is returning from this fantastic isn't, quest. Isn't James Franco's character's name something ridiculous, like Fabius or yeah, something? It's yeah, Fabius. Oh. it's Fabius. It's Fabius and Thaddeus. <laughs> Fabius and Thaddeus. And so you start out with Danny McBride, and he's always in trouble. He's always uh, disgracing the king's name. Um, and people are hoping that one day he'll get become something. Um, and uh, Thaddeus, right? Yeah. Fabius, Fabius comes yeah. home from the successful quest. He's got a minotaur head, or a, a cyclops head, and a new bride who he's rescued from a castle, played by um, Zoe, Deschanel. Zoe Deschanel. And he's going to wed her, and the kingdom is so proud. But on their wedding day, his best man, Danny McBride, has uh, gone and got stoned with a bunch of bridge trolls. <laughs> Isn't at the wedding. And, and it's almost for the better because uh, this evil wizard who James Franco had stolen Zoe Deschanel from uh, comes and abducts her to put her back in the big tower because when the moons align, he can have sex with her and give birth to a dragon with which he will rule the land forever, right? That is that that the is father that, and that, son that, team we've all been waiting. Right, like that's really the, the, the yeah. And, yeah, and, well. and the, the best is that uh, uh, this night, this ritual of <sighs> impregnating Sorry. this woman, impregnating yeah. this virgin, to uh, <laughs> to bring about. Can you imagine? Can you imagine <laughs> the scripting part of this oh. story? Like somebody sitting oh, around no. like, well, Danny hold McBride, on, hold on, wait, 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 I got it. What if she gives birth? To a dragon. To a dragon. <laughs> oh my god. The, 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 the ceremony. What's the ceremony called? Oh. The, the fucking. <laughs> this movie is fucking hilarious. It is oh probably one god. of the. Uh, it's directed by someone I love. Um, David Gordon Green. No. I love David Gordon Green. Uh, they did Pineapple Express. Mm. Um, don't expect anything higher brow than what you got. Did he do like a really high brow movie? He did tons of them. Like, yeah. like he did he Undertow. Did, he's just he did his Snow niche. Angels. Yeah. Yeah, he, he did really high brow George movies. Washington. That's the he one. did George a ton Washington. of great movies. This is also a great movie, <laughs> just in a different direction. Well, it's like Kevin Smith finding a new niche. Like at yeah. some point, you shift gears. There's nothing wrong I with mean, that. I mean, I love, I love Eastbound and Down. It's like he's David part. Gordon he does a ton of Eastbound and Down. Yeah, right. Dude, I, I love David Gordon. Oh my god. This movie. What if so, they get stoned with okay, a giant worm? So, 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 Holy shit. So, so, so as if story, <laughs> as if, as if story is important in this film. They have to go on a quest to rescue Zoe Deschanel from this evil wizard, played by the the evil wizard is played by uh, yeah, uh, Justin Thoreau. Yeah, and Justin Thoreau is fucking hilarious. Yeah, and they go on this quest. They meet Matt Natalie Portman along it, and she's a warrior who has her own quest. And guys, it literally feels like you are sitting around. I don't know what it's like being stoned. You guys know that, but. Sitting around stoned playing D and D with your friends and just making up dick jokes the whole time. <laughs> I really that do. is this film, right? I, I have a theory about how this movie came about. Did you guys watch Freaks and Geeks? Sure. On the very final episode of that, James Franco ends up with the geeks playing D and D. Like that's oh, that, show. that's yeah. a, that, they, they played this movie. They played they through making, this movie when they were making Pineapple Express. I think he went to David Gordon Green. He goes, you know, I picked up this game uh, on my old show <laughs> that I really love. And now I'm a dungeon master. Uh, so why don't you come over and play? And I, th- my, I, my, my thought is, James Franco gets really baked 
when he's dungeon oh. mastering. <clears throat> and this is the quest they went on one time. James Franco, I, it, 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 it has so much fun with the whole fantasy convention. Yeah. Uh, James Franco has a character. I, I, I'm going to host the show if you don't mind. No, <laughs> no off camera, hey, guys, taking hey, over. Hey, hey, shut your face! <laughs> shut your damn awful face! If I'm going to be inter- if I'm going to be interrupted every other word, I can always just bring back. No, I, I can't whoa, even finish whoa, that. Whoa. I, I won't threaten you, audience. Anyway, you're my friend. We have a contract. Mm, do we? <laughs> do uh, we? Anyway. Yes, mocking, they, meet, mocking the they meet many mythical beasts. It is the best film use of a minotaur ever. Uh, they do uh, meet this little wizard who is a total stoner, and whenever he inhales, his head bubbles. <laughs> it, like, it, yeah. That's where you got that. Oh That's my where God. I got it. You've been quoting this movie I've for been months. Quoting and this movie seen for that. months. Can I ask a question? Why am I here? No, you listen, Nellis. You got to see this movie. Forbidden <laughs> Secret Games. Oh my god! I've been quoting this movie for months, waiting for you guys to watch it. Last week at WonderCon, every other word out of my, every other phrase out of my mouth was "Bring on the fucking!" I mean, I love this movie. It is not a very good movie, but <laughs> I love this movie. Yeah. Um, Laura, about halfway through the movie, was like, "Okay, does this get less crazy?" And I go, <laughs> "Nope, nope." This movie's perfect. Paul and I are laughing our asses off the entire time. It's nothing but dick jokes and wizards and shit like that. How is that not a perfect movie? Okay? How is that not a perfect movie? Hard to argue. It, the movie was made for us. We are dummies who love fantasy. Okay? But I don't want to spoil stuff like the wizard. I don't want to spoil the funny wizard. I don't want to spoil the minotaur. I don't want to spoil all the funny shit that happens in this film. Uh, go see it. It's okay if you're like, eh, hey, on the fence to Netflix the film. The effects aren't going to sell it. It's okay to watch this movie on DVD once you get to it. Um, who's still, who's still it's also DVDs. okay to watch this movie very stoned. <laughs> you can, but you I'm taking what? my church group. You go Even with like I'm your go with like your <laughs> go with like your silliest friends uh, to a yeah. matinee of this movie, and you're gonna have a fucking that's, good time. That's you guys. That's it. That's it. Right. That's it. Oh, so to your church group. Pop yeah. brownies. Yeah. <laughs> Don't smoke, just pop brownies. Right. It, the movie's hilarious. Fantastic. Your Highness. Um, that shit's going on my DVD Blu-ray collection right there. Really briefly, Arthur, one sentence. Did you like it? Great date movie. Very much by the book romantic comedy. Who um, did you bring? I went both. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Oh, Jesus. That exchange? Oh. I gotta tell that's, you. That's on tape. That, that exchange <laughs> that we just experienced here together? Geekscape. <laughs> Geekscape. If you are a podcast reviewing podcast. Yeah. Right here. Geekscape. Fantastic. All we gotta say. W- Fantastic w- date w- movie. We go by ourselves. <laughs> Um, I so, but 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 but, 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 oh, ah, I, I bet that pretty girl I like and her boyfriend really enjoyed it. And it was, and it was enjoyable. It was. Well, Paul is turning a shade of red that can only be described as apple. Probably delicious. Guys, so hard up forgetting to breathe. If off-camera, Mike guy, there's suddenly a popping sound from over there, and we're hit with blood and brains. Just keep rolling. Just keep watching. Yeah. The the so. the funniest thing is when you said I went by myself. I don't picture you alone. I picture you a few rows back, staring daggers at the back of a dude's head with like a blonde next to him. He's just like Walton, just sitting there going. What? But you enjoy it. it. It's fun. It's actually a very sweet movie. It's almost more a sweet movie about uh, having uh, figuring out your relationship with your mother. Oh, okay. Uh, because Helen Mirren's a replacement mother for him, and he's coming to terms with the fact that 
I don't want to give away too okay. much. But, but well, it's a remake of the original Arthur, isn't it? Yeah, but it's, it does some new shit? It does some new okay. shit. I don't remember the... It's a critical phrase. It does some new shit? Yeah. <laughs> some new shit. Geekscape. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah. It's the, not the, the same as the, the Dudley Moore Al- version. Alan Mirren's yeah. amazing. Okay. Um, so uh, Netflix it, definitely. Okay. Uh, and if you have a chick in your life, go take her. Okay. I, I wanted to see... <laughs> I am that chick in your life. Moving on. I wanted, to, <laughs> I, I, I wanted to see it. Uh, the other movie I really wanted to see that didn't get a chance to before the taping of this, I'll probably see it later this week, is Hannah. Oh, yeah. I got to see this action yeah. movie. The trailer looks it. great. Trailer looks awesome. Not only the trailer yeah. look awesome, uh, our good friend Brian Walton, also known as Off Camera Mike Guy, and Heidi High Five Hilliker, um, our, our, our MVP correspondent, uh, last weekend at WonderCon, they got a chance to talk to the director, Joe Wright, and the star... Sergio Ronan. Mm-hmm. Sergio? Sergio. Sergio Ronan. Sergio like inertia. That's what okay, Sergio like uh, inertia. That's Sergio Ronan. actually. <laughs> they got a chance to talk to Joe Wright and Sergio Ronan about putting the movie together. And what's really awesome, Heidi Hilliker and Sergio Ronan had, had, like a a, had a moment. You guys are going to see it in this interview. We're going to run it right now. Uh, maybe next week we'll tell you guys what Hannah is all about. But here is an interview with the director and the star. So uh, we're here with Joe Wright, director of uh, Atonement, uh, Pride and Prejudice, and you're here about Hannah. Yes, I am indeed. That uh, Hannah is a very different movie from what you've done. Uh, yeah. You've seen it? Uh, I, I saw some previews. Okay. Uh, damn, I hate when people call you on that in an interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's weird. You know, people kind of congratulate you on a film they've never seen before. It's odd. Well, I'm congratulating you on the fact I'm excited no. for it. Okay, good. No, that's good. That's good. That's good. Excitement. That's good. Sometimes in Hollywood, people literally say to you, congratulations on your film, and you say, have you seen it? And they say, no, but the buzz is great. No. Like you're being congratulated on buzz. That's just weird. Oh, no, I'm congratulating you on because it looks badass. Okay, good, good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not one to refute congratulations when they're given. Uh, when ramping up a movie that's so different from your previous body of work, uh, did, what kind of references did you look at? What, what did you really start to get in your head that, that, that this is what I want to achieve? Uh, I wanted to make a film that was very entertaining and kind of uh, thumping uh, and yet um, could be taken on lots of levels. Could be kind of thought about on the level of, of uh, action entertainment story and also could be thought about on maybe more philosophical or social issue levels. Uh, you you say not put you off. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, get, we're we're in, we're an intelligent bunch. Uh, yeah. No, well that's the that's I would hope so. Yeah. And that's exciting. You know, it was really exciting to do that that kind of thing. Whatever we did, interview with all those. They call them panels. Panel, that panel with all three thousand people. You sound you, you make it sound so much sexier than it is with your accent. A panel. A, a panel. Damn. Someone. You can learn an English accent. That's easy. But then I just look like an ass. You said us. That was like an English accent. I, I was trying. Okay, it was good. <laughs> um, speaking of thumping, uh, the Chemical yeah. Brothers. Oh, good. Yes. Uh, um, how did that happen? How did you get the Chemical? What made you want them on doing the, the score or soundtrack? Because um, I've known them a long time. Um, I uh, I used to. Um, I first saw them at uh, their very first London gig in 1992. Uh, they played in a club called Rara's above a shoe shop in North London, and I was there. And there was um, and and it was an amazing night. And uh, 
and I kind of have been a bit of a groupie to them ever since. So when I had the opportunity to work with them in, in this movie and really play with the sound in this film, I think that the sound is one of the elements of the film I'm most excited by. And, uh, and having the opportunity to work with them on the soundtrack and, and really create something very different was, uh, was a joy. Uh, there is one non-handed question I kind of got to ask. Uh, you did Pride and Prejudice, which was gorgeous. We, we all loved it. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies is currently without a director. Maybe with, if you're branching out? Combine the two. You well, have you seen the book? The, no, the, I haven't. There, no, there's I a book haven't. series, Pride and Prejudice right, and Zombies. Right, right, right. And no, the, I haven't. And um, I kind of feel like I've done Pride yeah. and Prejudice. Okay. Do you know what I mean? You can't live in, 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 in Pride and Prejudice land forever, right. really. Right. Well, don't tell that to all the women that want to. <laughs> yeah, but even for them, they'd probably get quite bored. It was quite... <laughs> You know, constricting uh, a time for women. I mean, it wasn't a great time for women. All they could do is sit around and crochet. <laughs> I mean, fucking boring, really. You know, crochet or write a book. Write a book. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> that, Writing books like, is exciting. Oh, I'll write a book about crocheting. That's a lot of them did that. You haven't read them because they weren't published, but a lot of books were written about crochet there at the time. There are a lot of crocheting books just yep. up on shelves. Exactly. Never read. Uh, is there a genre project in you? Do you think you'd like to branch into the, some of the sci-fi? Um, I don't really understand the whole idea of genre, really. I, I kind of it confuses me. Uh, so I've never really, um, I've never really considered myself a genre director. In fact, I quite like to work outside of genre, and and uh, yeah, I don't like to be pigeonholed. I love your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also I'm also sporting my Wonder Woman. Oh, nice! It's what, it's what you do We're at a like comic twins. book convention. I know. Well, to be honest, whenever I go to a comic con convention, I feel well, comic convention, I feel underdressed. So I thought I'd glam it up a little bit, at least wear some some glitter. Yeah, I like it. It's kind of armor, you know. It, it fits right in. Yeah, it does. I'm looking forward to it. Um, so, Hannah is your film that's coming out, yes. and it is, um, it's kind of an action-based film. I think from the previews, it seems like there's a much deeper story going on as well. Can you give our viewers a brief um, synopsis of what they can expect? Well, um, you will not know what to expect, to be honest. Um, like there's plenty of going on in this film. It's a bit of a roller coaster. Um, from the trailers, yes, it pro probably does seem like an action film, but it's also a completely messed up fairy tale. Um, and I like that. I'm Even when I come away from it, I'm, com I'm a bit confused by what it actually is. Um, and I think that really mirrors who Hannah is as a character. You're always trying to figure her out and understand her. Um, so I don't really know what to tell you. I think you, I do think you should go see the film, honestly, um, because it's cool and it it's deep. And um, I certainly came away with a sense of impairment. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like, um, well, it sounds very real because you're saying that there's like a lot of layers and it's, um, you know, a deeper kind of a story. So yeah. I think that that's something that is lacking a lot in action type films. Definitely. I feel like the emotion from every single character in this film is very true. Um, granted, we are in this very surreal world um, and it's quite magical and a bit wacky. But I love that. And the, the roots are, are true, you know, and the heart is true, I guess. Uh, how much training did you do to prepare for this, and what type of uh, training did you do? 
well I trained for a couple of months before we started shooting um, and I worked out like two hours a day in the gym which I had never done before and suddenly it, it was a bit for the first week I felt like I was gonna fall apart like my arm was just gonna fall off all of a sudden but it didn't um, and I kept going and pushed myself and I had a trainer who pushed me as well and yeah I did martial arts and stick fighting and weapons training and yeah that's really fun <laughs> Yeah, lots of skills I learned on this And film. you can keep those, you know, for the rest of your life. You kind of can, yeah. I mean, I haven't done it in a few months now, but I'd imagine if I got back into it, it would be like I was never really away. Yeah. I hope. <laughs> How was it working with Joe again? It was great to work with Joe again. <laughs> um, it's been about four and a half years since we worked together. So for you, that's like a big, that's a big amount of time in your life to pass. Do you feel like you, you've grown a lot since then, since Atonement? Completely. Um... I feel like I've definitely evolved, as Joe puts it. Um, I mean, I was 15 when we started Hannah, and I actually turned 16 when we made the film. So that was a big block of my life, and uh, he certainly saw a difference in me as well. Now we're back. Oh, now we're back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, guys, uh, that was the star and director of Hannah from WonderCon uh, last weekend. Um, what's also good is this movie that is currently playing in theaters. I have been telling you guys for the last couple of weeks about how affected I was by Super, James Gunn Super with Rain Wilson. Finally, Walton got a chance to see it, oh, yeah. and I got this text from Walton saying just how uh, emotionally rigorous emotionally the movie well, is. That, what was it on Facebook you said? If you have plans on Saturday night, go cancel them and then yeah. go see this. Yeah. yeah. If, you, um, if, if you like just good character movies and... Like you want to see somebody get just get put through the ringer and put and, through the paces, and if you may or may not like superhero way. things, yeah. Although although you're right, the the character you don't need in to it, be into yeah, superhero movies. yeah. This is the movie I would take my my friends that don't like superhero movies, which there are very few. Uh, but this is like I would show <laughs> like this is what our genre is capable of. Stop shitting on it. Yeah. Uh, it, it's 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 an amazing amazing feat that they that they made. James Gunn wrote an amazing. movie. It's a challenging movie, and we were talking yeah. about, and I, I said this earlier, maybe a week or two ago on the show, about how halfway through the movie you still don't see all these things coalescing into something that is as powerful as I'm selling it as. And halfway through the movie, you've you've seen some funny stuff, you've seen some sad stuff, you've seen some weird stuff, and the movie still feels like it's coming together. But how could it possibly reach the heights to which Jonathan has been lauding this film? And it does. Yeah, it doesn't. You, I really didn't even feel like I knew what I was watching until the last act, and, and it was an amazing experience when it just kind of dawned on you, like, all right, this has just been this guy's journey into becoming a better human being. Jonathan's a liar. I hate and, him. He told he oversold this movie, and then yeah. <sighs> that yeah. fucking last act. That last act is just brutal and. Such a good payoff. Yeah. All right, so so you gotta see this movie now. You gotta see this now. Guys, playing in LA one more week. If you're watching Geekscape, this movie is rolling across the country. It hits Philly this coming weekend, I believe. Uh, you gotta see this movie. Knowing that Super is only playing LA one more week, I'm taking Laura. I gotta take her. I gotta take her on Thursday, right. her day off. Yeah. I gotta I gotta take her to see this movie in the here, theater. Take me. Well, you no, were, no, no. you're working on Thursday. Yeah, but but you're my girl. <laughs> And now the, I feel like you're abandoning me. <laughs> the movie is incredible. The pain, I feel. Um, and you know what? We got to talk about another interview. You guys know that uh, we got to interview them in South by Southwest. I love the movie so much that I said, you know what? Whatever additional promotion we can do, let's get 
Brian Walton, our man on the street, to talk to Rain Wilson and James Gunn at WonderCon. He got a chance to talk to the two of them. Let's roll that interview for you guys right now because you know what? Here on Geekscape, we pack it tight. Hey guys, we're here with James Gunn and Rain Wilson. Uh, Super came out this weekend. Uh, you guys excited? Uh, yeah, I think we're excited. You know, we've been all over the place, you know, showing people the movie and people's reactions have been extremely intense. Uh, and so it's, it's been a great experience so far. Yeah, we're, we're, I'm thrilled. It's fantastic. It's been a lot of work up to this point. And uh, audiences, everywhere I go, audiences are loving this movie, especially my geeks. And the freaks. And the oddballs. And the, and the rebels and loners and weirdos. So, uh, uh, Geekscape. Of course. We love you guys. Uh, actually, uh, Jonathan saw the movie and uh, he had a lot of great things to say about it. And uh, he said, You guys just don't flinch. Uh, you, you guys, like, there's a point in the movie where it just keeps going with reality, unlike some other superhero movies, like, just kind of go off in, into flights of fancy. Uh, when you were writing it and when you were acting in it, uh, was that at the forefront of your mind, just keeping, like, the, that kind of psychology real? Well, yeah, I mean, I think we wanted to keep the movie real, but we also knew that from the beginning, Super is a movie of extremes. It's, you know, it has extreme moments of drama, of comedy, of darkness, of violence, of brutality, and we didn't want to, you know, stop it halfway. We wanted to go all the way with it. So, yeah, we don't flinch throughout the whole movie. And that's one of the things I love about it, what James did so bravely in writing it, is that it just veers from one world to another. And there's a moment when I'm crying, I'm in tears, and the next moment the finger of God is touching my brain, then I'm getting raped by Ellen Page, and then I'm bashing a guy in the face, and then there's a sweet love scene with me and Liv Tyler. Like it, it's, it's all in one world, and it's, uh, it's pretty magical. So you just did the fall of Dino Woman uh, that just launched last week, and might I say you looked fabulous. Uh, <laughs> uh, can we look forward to maybe seeing more of that? I think a Dino Woman feature film is in the works uh, <laughs> right now. What do you say, James? Uh, we, we, we'll talk about that maybe later in a minute. That's a yeah. yes. That's a yes. <laughs> do you guys want to work together again? Definitely. Uh, yeah. I would work with Rain anytime, anywhere, anyplace. Yeah, me That's too. The I feel the same. Truth, I feel the same know. way. I would. I love working with James. In fact, we had a magic. I mean, our cast on this was just amazing. Ellen Page, Kevin Bacon, Liv Tyler, Nathan Fillion. Everybody. You know, it, it's a boring thing to say because people say it all the time. And I think half the time I've lied in the past, but I really have loved this. Uh, I love this cast. It's and amazing how it fell together, and it fell together because everyone read the script. Everyone met James, and they just. They loved it, and they wanted to be part of something really, truly unique. And the amazing thing that a lot of people don't know about this cast and doing the movie is that we did this movie for a very, very low budget, and everybody on the film worked on it for scale. So these are people that are getting paid millions of dollars. Rain makes $3.5 million per episode on The Office, right. and yet he comes in right. and he does this <laughs> for nothing. Yeah, indeed. So that was our... Ace reporter Brian Walton on the scene talking to in, James Gunn and Ray Wilson. War. I gotta tell you guys something that happened off camera after that ended. Uh, they beat you off. No. no. Okay. Uh, we, you can never send these to my parents. Somebody who wasn't associated with. We've been goofing around. Are your parents watching right now? No, I hope not. <laughs> we've been goofing around all day. The press lines, you get to know each other. You get to talk. You see them room to room, and somebody that we had talked to looked over and go, "Dude, that looked like James Gunn was in the middle of a Rain Wilson sandwich." Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, because I look just enough like him. Yeah. Like it's it, it's similarities where it's the glasses I think, but it was actually a little funny. I'm, 
people were laughing, and Rain Wilson was just like, no, it didn't. Fantastic. Wally, you're my guy. You're my guy. What the hell? I gotta tell you, Jason, Jason, I'm your girl, but Wally has just been so MVP for Geekscape, hasn't he? I am so sad because you don't love me anymore. No, listen, truth be told, this is the man right here. He gets his shit done. And let us just compliment you for a moment. Shit gets done. You work hard. You get the interviews that count, and people love you. And here's the thing. I've heard that. In outside the, of this room in the most emotional moments of from uh, guys in, in the most mostly. emotional <laughs> in the most emotional moments of super i can't help but be like because really like his and i go i i just couldn't think stop thinking about wally wally in this movie Dude, like, that, the, like no, no, the, the scene no where idea. he's praying there are so many scenes it's so emotional and i said like, i hope wally oh, doesn't always God. feel i hope wally doesn't feel like this but you know what we all do we yeah. all do i i related so much to that character that's another reason why it was an emotional ringer for me because I'm just like, wow, this is really like we all feel like that. We sometimes. all do, but Wally, you always do. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Right. <laughs> well, Wally's got to be Crimson Bolt at San Diego. Yeah, nice. Yeah, you got, and, and so, we got to have Heidi Heidi Hilliker be Bolty. So the last day, <laughs> so the last day it's in LA is next Saturday or next Sunday? Next Friday. Next, next Friday. Friday. Oh, next, next Thursday. Thursday. Next Thursday. I gotta go on Thursday. Thursday. Over on Thursday. Got it. So okay, um, done. Green okay. Lantern footage. Done. I finally got to see the Green Lantern footage that everyone but me at WonderCon saw. Hey, you got a t-shirt from the footage. I did get a t-shirt from the footage. Which you're not wearing. Which I'm not wearing. Yeah. But the footage is what we wanted to see. This yeah, Green Lantern exactly. footage gave me chills. Well, look, you know, the one thing I, I remember in the same thing that just happened with uh, the Wonder Woman costume, you know, we all looked at the Green Lantern costume and thought, ah, I don't know. Because it was that sort of spray-painted on mask. You look back in the archives. We had a whole conversation yeah. about this about 100 episodes ago where I was like, I don't Episode know. 106. Something like that. <laughs> but it's like the costuming was a little veiny. I don't know. But when you look at this footage, man, it's spot on. It's perfect. Yeah. You get the sense that Ryan Reynolds was perfect casting. There's a little bit of cheese with a lot of seriousness, which is exactly what the character calls for. Abensura looks good. Sinestro looks good. You know, I mean... You know, hell, if you look at the shots where they're showing all the lanterns, even the detail on like guys like Sten, which are not going to be major characters, mm-hmm. look who's, great. Who's the actor that's playing Sinestro? Um, uh, Mark Strong, Mark Strong. I think his, his name. voice. Yeah, is phenomenal. Like him uh, yeah. uh, addressing. You the love Mark Strong. Yeah. He was in Kick Ass. He was uh, in. Yeah. Yeah, 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 he was yeah. in. Uh, oh, in, he, he was in uh, all, all the Sherlock Matthew Holmes Vaughn movies. Yeah. Matthew Vaughn. Yeah. 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 And um, oh hell, I'm blanking on his name. Um, uh, Jeffrey Professor, Wright? No, Professor Hammond. Um, yes, uh, Peter uh, Skarsgård. Peter Skarsgård looks great too. I mean, that's a hell of a makeup job they're doing. Well, we didn't see Tim Robbins, uh, Hector Hammond's father. Uh, Tim Robbins plays Hector Hammond's father. We have not seen him. Interesting. Yet. Yeah, huh. we didn't see him. But you know what? This footage like was that. awesome. Was there anything in the footage at WonderCon that we didn't see in this four-minute trailer? Yes. What? Did, what is it? Um, we, uh, you get a little hint of it in the footage that they released, but Parallax is. The major baddie, mm. Hector Hammond is, is this like a side baddie, but it's all integrated into he's, the story. Yeah, he's, he's. But Parallax is actually the uh, they they've done a great job of teeing it up, and you actually uh, we got to see Avin Sur uh, fighting against Parallax. Yeah, and this is the first time where you've always just been like, okay, Avin Sur, he's the guy that died and gave Hal Jordan yeah. the mm-hmm. ring. But you see this fight, and you're like. Fuck Avin Sur's a badass. <laughs> he's a badass, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Tamara he, Morrison, he's got to be a badass. Yeah, so... He played, yeah. J- he played Django Fett. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it, it's really impressive. Uh, the the opening... That's the first thing they saw. They And then the the oath was in the footage you guys yeah. saw. 
Yeah, the yeah. oath is in the The oath is great. Yeah, because he does this great thing where he holds the, the ring up and he's like, I pledge allegiance to the lantern uh, for liberty and justice for all. And the lantern's like, good enough. <laughs> well, and the lantern sort of smacks him. And I love that, like, if you look at the detail of the trailer, I, it took me a couple of times to watch to see, like, you see his eyes yeah, the yeah, start to form into green lanterns. And it's yeah. cool. It, it's amazing. And yeah. Jeffrey, I'm really happy with Jeffrey Rush. Yeah, uh, sounded great. He yeah, as uh, Tomar Ray, right? As Tomar Ray. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. Kilowog um, looks good. I still Kilowog was the make or break for me. Really? Yeah. I gotta see cool, a cool yeah. Kilowog. How do we feel about uh, uh, Blake Lively, Carol Ferris? You don't see the footage. No, I, yeah, footage I was t- no, but she was so so sweet in the panel, and you're just like, ah, oh, and she's so psyched to play Star Sapphire. That's what she really wanted to get across to everybody. She's like, I can't wait to play Star Sapphire. <laughs> Sneeze, my bad. Her one side note was. With a little bit more material, please, and then tire crop food. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. she's she really wants to get into that. Yeah, and apparently I would love they, to see her in that. Discussions that that's it. That's the direction it's going. It, we're going to get to see oh, a little good. bit. Well, hopefully, then, the uh, Justice League yeah. film won't bork that, and we'll all be happy. Well, speaking Punch of the Justice League film, yeah. at the panel, uh, the question got asked to Ryan Reynolds. You were talked about playing the Flash. Any chance of that still happening? They and he's like. Well, I can't. I mean, I've kind of reached my limit. If I play any more, the other yeah. actors are going to come kick my ass. Yeah. yeah. And they asked him, well, who do you want to see play? And he, I hadn't really thought about that. And he says, I want to see Bradley Cooper. Oh, that's perfect cast. And I'm just like, that is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully, now, I hate fan movements. So I hopefully a fan movement doesn't start because I think they actually hurt more than they help. Yeah. Uh, but Although they may have saved uh, Fringe. With the whole mailing it, in, it may have helped. Yeah, mailing in the Twizzlers or whatever it is, Twizzlers. Well, mail-ins yeah. work. Okay, but I don't nah, think like Twitter yeah. hashtags. Oh yeah, 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 Twitter hashtags don't. Did, don't you didn't well, hear that so and so got cut? Never mind. I actually, um, you know, what's funny is we now have a friend on Geekscape. She's a Geekscapist now. We can call her that. Uh, Bria Grant actually yeah. dressed up as Cassie Hack for um, uh, for Halloween last year, and she loves Cassie Hack. I'm changing camps. I'm changing camps. You hear that, uh, Sex Car? He's changing camps. No more I'm Alice sorry, and Scagliotti. Sex, sex Car, like, <laughs> fuck that guy. Scagliotti. Um, um, actually, yeah. yeah, Bradley Cooper would be an awesome yeah. variant. We just mentioned Fringe, uh, a show that was on the bubble. Yeah. And I guess fans have given it a new season. The other shows that got new seasons, possibly new fifth seasons, is that right? How many, or new seasons were not, there's no way this is a fifth season. A third season is V and Human Target. They're trying. Well, these are the two that are like really on the bubble. So V is is totally uncertain. And Human Target, I'm going to go ahead and hedge a bet that it's probably not coming back next Okay. Week. Yeah. I get the feeling that... Do you watch these shows? I don't watch V. I have found that the remake is boring and frankly uh, I, I silly. Mm-hmm. I like Human Target. Okay. Human Target is a great show for me because I think Human Target is exactly what it's supposed to be. It's a 44-minute action movie That's cool. every week. That's cool. It's exactly what it's supposed to be. But the budget may be a big part I of this? I think the budget might be a part of it. I think you're talking to some folks who are, you know, fairly big-name actors, and, you know, that they're expensive. I mean, Chi McBride, after a while, gets, you know, after doing a number of shows, he gets pricey. Right. Um, I think that that, that one... Jackie or O'Haley, I mean... Yeah, yeah, I mean, truthfully, and, you know, plus they beefed up the cast this year. Okay. So I'm going to bet it's not going to be around, but I would love to see it get a third season. The problem is if it ends up revamping itself again for the third season, there's no way it would stick around beyond that. I think a big... Um, Fushna actually 
the article, he wrote a nice little blog entry about yeah. his experience at WonderCon. And that's going to go up uh, mo- tomorrow, Monday. Yeah. Well, it went up a couple days ago. <laughs> As uh, of the <laughs> taping, it's not yeah. up. It'll be up by yeah. the time you watch this. Yeah. Um, so, but he actually went to the Human Target panel, and he got, he, he writes, and, I, and yeah. it's a valid point, he, he got a little disappointed because the panel turned into Save Our Show. Oh, yeah. no. Um, well, and you got to like, do what you got to do. You could kind of tell that WonderCon is the first stop in the Save Our Show Save Our, Save our Short Tour. Yeah. Well, look, there's a couple other shows that could benefit from that. I mean, Chuck is, again, on the bubble. I mean, I don't want to see Chuck on that. I, whoa, whoa, hey. I'll be honest. Why I'm, you say I'm that? with Wally. I think I it's jumped the shark. Okay. I, I think he's it's a good, solid agent now. Yeah. I mean, it, end it with them getting married, but I don't want to see Chuck trying to be a dad. Mm. Uh, I don't want to see... The turn, uh, yeah. If they're going to marry off the two main characters, and if you haven't been watching this season... That's the end. Uh, then that's the end. That should be... Yeah, okay. it's a bookend. Okay. It's a nice yeah. bookend. I agree. Look, I I think that the what if it's like the, the wedding from Dynasty, where like people come in and shoot up the place? Yeah, who who did shoot Jr. Yeah. Um, look, yeah. I think that, that Chuck is a Dallas. yeah. That was I, I don't know yeah. shit. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know shit. I just host this show. Two hundred six episodes. Um, I don't know shit. You don't know if it's even two hundred six episodes. I don't even know uh, that. But look, I, I think that there are a couple shows that could benefit from you know going out there and trying to get themselves saved. I don't think Chuck should be saved, but I think it should try. I mean, listen. You know, paycheck's paycheck, baby. Paycheck, paycheck. Um, I, I, Harry's Law is on the bubble. I mean, those are both Warner Brothers shows, which I think should also tell you something. Um, I like Harry's Law just because yeah. it takes place in my hometown. Totally. Listen, I'm glad Fringe got renewed. I think that's great. I think um, it's a show that absolutely deserves it because unlike Chuck, they've built a real depth of story there. Yeah. You know, there are characters there that like you, you know, you fall in love with because they're just so clever. Chuck mm-hmm. has kind of become almost a... Uh, bad Xerox of itself. The great thing about Chuck the first season was his self-doubt, was his silliness, his precariousness, and, you know, turning him into a real agent while is a great way to end it and makes perfect sense if you're doing a British structure to a TV show where you're going to definitively end something. Instead, we get sort of, you know, all right, well, it's sort of muddled into this instead, and now we've got Morgan who's taking the place of Chuck as the, like, bumbling agent, but, you know, we got... You know, uh, Linda, what's her name, as the mom who's not Linda very good. Hamilton. Linda Hamilton. And Scott Bakula can't come back, even though he was funny. Like, I think that the show has tried, you know, instead of a, a great sort of, uh, here's, here's a little business advice for everybody here at Geekscape. If you have a list of 100 good ideas, the best way to pursue that is to take the top three and do those until they're done and solid and perfect. Chuck sort of started that way and ended up mitigating into this like, well, we're going to do 20 things and we're going to sort of do them half-assed mm. and we're just going to sort of see what sticks, but while we're seeing what sticks, we're going to throw another 20 against the wall and see what happens. And I really feel like that, you know, Chuck Junk the Shark, especially not even this season, but kind of last season, where there was the whole losing the intersect, gaining the intersect, you had Brandon Routh coming on, like there was a whole, like I actually, I think actually ending it with the final fight with Brandon Routh would have been perfect, mm-hmm. where Chuck gets the watch back, he gets, you know, he saves the day and then... We're done with Chuck. Now he's a full-fledged agent. He's going to go live his life, and everybody lives happily ever after. He can get a movie career now. Exactly. <laughs> we can have a Chuck movie. Chuck movie would be a perfect transition from that. And you, you have uh, who, who's the guy who played Bond? Um, Timothy, Dal- Timothy, Timothy, Timothy Dalton. Yeah, Timothy Dalton. Yeah. Timothy Dalton. Thank he's you. in yes. the show yeah, now. Yeah. And well, I mean, he's man could read the dictionary yeah, and watch yeah. that. I mean, between doing Chuck, his you know, at the end of David Tennant's run on Doctor Who, I mean, you can literally put the man in pretty much any character or multiple personality character. And he just rocks it. So, you know, in that regard, that was a good move on their part. But some of the casting has been kind of... I mean, it was fun to see, like, Summer Glau. It was fun to see Isaiah Mustafa. But, like, 
there's there's nothing longevity there's no longevity there so I there's nothing yet, to do there i have yet to see a payoff on the show where i feel satisfied i like they, they not do not all, in recent seasons they, they they lay out these great stories like oh where's it gonna go where's it gonna go great setup and then they're like it's over yeah they, they, yeah they, exactly they yeah today. yeah the volkov you know the volkov industry is like well like you know you've gone from and this is another like you know as a as a semi-professional storyteller you can speak to this better you've got you know it's right. yeah it's okay i say semi because i, I don't teach think on the side that that's true <laughs> um i think of you know the whole concept in the beginning of the show it's like well first there's you know fulcrum and then there's the ring and these are like super ultra top secret you know shadow agencies that are trying to take over the world and then you've got sort of half-assed lex luther knockoff with volkov you know volkov being the Just super secret business deal. guy right like like actually, that's kind of almost a lowering of yeah. the standard, and really a lowering of the stakes. He's just a weapons dealer instead yeah. of this organization or this right. shadowy force. Yeah. Well, yeah. guys, speaking as a semi-professional, a couple of people have been asking You're me very generous, after yeah. WonderCon uh, where they can get the Super Action Man book or order it uh, in May. In May, it'll be in previews. You guys will order it. Trust me, we will not let you guys go without being annoyed by how you order the book i will let you guys know how to order the book the book's gonna be awesome last week at wondercon it was cool the artist came out ace who did this book um showed some of the stuff to marvel got himself a tryout so marvel liked the stuff how, how do marvel tryouts work does he get i think no I, I, no, no, no I think they give you a storyline yeah, that yeah, you the, have to the way that as i understand out. it um I never say his name right, but C.B. Sabolsky. Yeah, th that's who he had a meeting with. Oh, okay. So C.B. Sabolsky or Tom Brevard. I think it was Sabolsky. Okay. So Sabolsky put this out on Twitter a while ago, and the way that artists get tryouts at Marvel essentially is you bring a portfolio. So you show not only your line art, you know, your coloring, whatever your your proficiency is, but you also show storyboards of different comics mm -hmm. you've drawn out. And what they usually do is they have like two or three set storylines of like here's a four page you know Spider-Man story, exactly yeah. Spider-Man story, and they, it's the same script that they give to everybody, and they say okay. Here's you know five page you know five panels a page four pages total. Show me what you can do, and you know really it's sort of that's their baseline for measuring how artists handle art, you know handle a script. So the more conventional ones will do it you know they'll box out the five you know the right. five panels and then they'll sketch it in and try and sort of fill it out that way. You know other guys they take five panels and they make that as sort of more five instances within one page without borders. I mean, it gives them the opportunity to normalize what they expect and then see what the artists do with it. So you get this nice little bell curve. So hopefully we, we see him do some kick-ass stuff for How Marvel. How awesome would that be? His first published work, though, anywhere, will be the Super Action Man comic, That's which awesome. I think yeah. is cool. And you know what? If Super Action Man can launch a dude's Marvel career, hey, it's par for the course. It turns out that the organizers of the theatrical experience Thunder from Down Under have actually seen me as Sam and have given me a tryout, but I don't think I can do the Australian that's, accent. That's weird yeah. because uh, yeah. they saw me doing my Chris Farley impression and they gave me a tryout. <laughs> Could you, would you, uh, would you? I am so no, sad no, right no, now listen, for so many reasons. Jason Ellis, Jason <laughs> Ellis, if for some reason I was brought into the thunder from down under the the man the the, the yeah. what is it it's a man cabaret it's a male cabaret Why are you show right at me like I know? Wally I Wally this, this is Wally's like I Wally, got season tickets well, it's, it, well all I know is that at CES you disappeared for several hours <laughs> and, and and came back with like a kangaroo pouch or something from down under but but no 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 you tell no no, no. <laughs> a banana hammock yes you you came back with a kangaroo pouch oh now the the now as a friend as a friend wanting to support my 
semi-professionalism. Yeah. If I was in, uh, the I would not show up. Thunder from Down Under. Not you at would? all. Oh. I would not. That is I'm, that is why I love Wally and not and, Thou. And, and you know what? Can you imagine like Personal. trying to get people to come out to your show like on Facebook? <laughs> hey guys, I'm performing in Thunder from Down Under. Uh, come on down, I, under and I, hang out with me. Backstage a, passes. I am so I sad. Think they have Oh, I can nice. keep putting shrimp on this Barbie. The great thing is, I don't really know. What I don't. I, mean. I, I don't <laughs> think. I don't think our female viewers would come see this. <laughs> Hold on, we have female viewers. Here's the thing. <laughs> like, no, we have female viewers just before I turn. Wait, 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 wait. guys. Viewers. Can you, can you, can you hear that? Geekscape Collective. I think I just heard Eric Diaz on Ticketmaster. <laughs> He is so down for me in Thunder from Down Under. I can't under. wait to see he this. He is so down. Um, as so, is Fushna. That's so weird because uh, Eric would only go if Gilmore was dancing. That is Blunder <laughs> Down Under. That is bl- that is the Blunder from Down Under. You know what? We <laughs> should make up the full Monty version. You know what? Yeah, right. We, we should good. actually start a Geekscape Mail oh. review called the Blunder from Down Under. Let me tell you something. For almost a year now, that's your serious look. Yes, this is my serious look. Almost a year now, Walton has been wanting to do some form of Geekscape Live, some kind of theatrical Geekscape experience where the audience is right here talking shit to me. And I love the idea of immediately interacting with the audience. Trust me, if I could take phone calls during this hour, I would love that. I think the blunder from down under. Let me write that down. Let's talk to lawyers. Okay. Well, we could also, you know. We do have a couple geeks here. Would you? Yes. Would you dance at the blunder? I would not. What the fuck? I would. But I'd be. I'd be the bartender. Okay. I'd wear the bow tie. You gotta, yeah, <laughs> yeah, shake it up, yeah. yeah. All right, um, the blunder down under. Geekscape you know, here's, here's presents. A side okay. note. Maybe, maybe as a as a lead into Geekscape Live, you know, maybe we should try doing this like just live over UStream or something. Well, you know, I gotta say the. Um, I gotta work on my dance moves. The Nobody wants to see that. Episode, the Comic Con episode, the party episode. Michael, I love these episodes. Whenever we have people in audience, uh, it just it has a different vibe. It turns into um, Jonathan's stand-up show, just ripping on Which nobody loves. <laughs> nobody loves. Nope. Nobody loves that. No, this is- I do love it. I do feed off the energy, and I do think yeah. it makes a, a much more fun experience. Since we're talking about it, last week, I apologize for the audio issues, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> last week's audio issues were really funny. As I start to talk shit on Wally, Wally just goes, you forget who's in control. <laughs> yeah. I own you, um, motherfucker. No, it, 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 it's not that you're ripping on me. You know I, I don't mind that. No, yeah, it's it, it, when you're going, when I can actually When I'm ripping like, on you for five minutes. He's thinking about you Like that slow pan to Gilmore last week He's thinking about you first Me second, he's good, I'm not Um, Talking about comics Marvel started up their big uh, Crossover event Fear itself, it is Captain America and Thor heavy, which you would expect Considering those are the marquee names They're going to be in the Marvel films this summer Fear itself uh, Really is about Tony Stark wanting to rebuild Asgard as part of the, his new Stark initiative to get uh, to create jobs in Broxton, Oklahoma, where Asgard crash landed into after the end of um, the whole uh, siege, siege storyline. Yeah. So now he wants to rebuild Asgard. Uh, Thor's father, Odin, is like, why? We could blink and Asgard would be whole again. And Thor's like, no, I take my place with the humans. So Odin smacks him around. He's a good dad. He smacks him around. Yeah. Uh, that's a big problem. Meanwhile, Sin, who is the daughter of the Red Skull, who you've seen a lot in the Captain America books, and has been really fucking awesome in the Captain America books. Yeah. She got totally burned at the end of one of the issues, and now has a totally like burned Red Skullish face. And 
in the Fear Itself issue one, she's gone about, we already have that Thor storyline running, now we got the Captain America-ish storyline where Sin is going about uh, trying to get old artifacts and she finds, hey, you guessed it, a hammer. All these old artifacts have to be hammers. She found this artifact that uh, puts this like Norse demigod into her body and now she's going to go around and start fucking shit up, right? Her first order of business is to reincarnate some old, old baddies. Hopefully she's going after her father and trying to reincarnate the Red Skull. We're going to need him back in a couple months because he's part of the movie. Yeah. But uh, she starts reincarnating like the All-Father, who is what they call Odin. So who's the real Odin, right? I know that uh, other people who start getting uh, like inhabited by these Norse powers, the Juggernaut is coming up. I don't know if it isn't has. He, a, isn't his power source already kind of mystical? The gem of yeah, yeah. Gem of something or other. Chrysarac or something yeah, like didn't that. Didn't they? Didn't they retcon it to where he was also a mutant now? I don't know. I thought they retconned it's it. So hard, he had it's so hard. It's so hard to follow. There are only continuity. 175 mutants, right? So they could have retconned <laughs> him into a mutant and then out of a mutant because in the X Men books, uh, this last issue um, where Magneto is part of the X Men and they're trying to spin the PR. There's an earthquake that's going to happen in San Francisco, and Magneto actually negates the earthquake somewhat by lifting the cars off the street in San Francisco and holding the buildings together and the bridge together. And you see him floating over the he Golden Gate Mag- Bridge, doing all this cool shit. Change the core. The tech- I don't know. Plates? Maybe he did that shit too. Maybe he did that shit too. So it was a slight rub instead yeah, of a crack. I'll be honest. Right? At what point does he reach just godhood? Because that's kind I don't of know. intense. With Magneto being part of the X Men, really, like. Guys, really? You know Actually, it's going like to not go badly. I like that him and Rogue are, are, are going to pick up that storyline from Age of Apocalypse where those two are kind of... Yeah. Well, well they've always had a thing. There's that, and then for you guys who are fans of Joss Whedon's run with John Cassidy on the X-Men books, the next story arc in Uncanny X-Men is where they return to Breakworld, which hmm. was the place that uh, Joss Whedon... You know what I mean? They fired that bullet towards the Earth. Uh, Magneto keeps part of the bullet. And he's playing with it in this issue, and they're going to return to Breakworld, and we'll see if Kitty Pride gets her, the ability to make herself uh, physical again. Because right now she's just kind of stuck in like a space suit, right. because she can't. She's call ethereal. Less, yeah, she's ethereal. I don't know. I mean, the X Men books are really good. Uh, I I think the X Men books are really really damn good. It's uh, it, it, but but Marvel's fear itself. A lot of standing around. I love the promise of Sin starting to fuck shit up. I don't mind that it's Captain America and Thor centric. There are a lot of the other characters present. Hopefully we get an awesome storyline because you yeah. know I'm going to read every damn issue. I wrote Marvel Fear itself. And all it is is they're afraid the movies are going to tank. <laughs> Marvel stock, stockholders yeah. fear itself. Disney stockholders well, fear itself. Do you guys itself. ever read um, uh, The Gutters online? Mm-mm. It's a webcomic. It's the-gutters.com. It's by the same guys who do LFG Comic and uh, Least I Can Do. And they do, what the idea is that it's one writer who always is writing and he rotates artists. And he's done a couple, I'll have to find them and, and link them on this. Uh, there are a couple of great riffs on like the ridiculousness of fear itself and like how Marvel is sort of, it's really transitioning from, it, well it has transitioned rather from a comics producer to such a giant conglomerate media company, mm-hmm. especially with the Disney purchase, that now like all of their stuff is so driven by corporate need that fear itself wouldn't probably even be taking place right now if it weren't for the fact that they've got two films coming down the pike. No, it's true. It's, a, it's yeah. really Captain America and Thor-centric. Yeah. And yeah. they're not forgetting the X-Men. I mean, the X-Men yeah. are going into this, uh, what is it called? It's like X-Men schism, where there's now like a civil war within the mutant community. There's only 175 mutants. 
I don't know why, like, that is like a food fight, I like right? A food fight with <laughs> like, people who can like, lift cars. Like, like, it, it, it's like Marvel saying, well, we don't really own the X-Men film property. Disney doesn't really own it. Fox is kind of on their own with this X-Men first class. We're going to do something. So the X-Men books well, are going to get their little own limited. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna do their own limited uh, crossover called Schism. I saw Schism coming, though, because uh, it, it, the base core of Schism is X-Force comes to light again. Yeah. The Wolverine kept going with it. Yeah. You can't uh, keep that shit hidden. when that comes to light, that's when... Yeah, the, 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 I think the main imagery is Scott's uh, visor cut in three. Or yeah. cut in four with three... Like the th- like three like Wolverines yeah. would do. Um, guys, if you, enjoy, if you enjoy comic books, I gotta tell you, the creators of Moriarty were at our, were at our booth last uh, weekend at, at WonderCon, and uh, their artist, um, Anthony, just did a... a an amazing piece of original artwork which can be yours if you order from the Geekscape web store I like the angry cat I'm going to put this original piece of artwork I will, I will show you now into one of the orders for a t-shirt you will not know who receives it but you should frame this piece of artwork it is a uh, original um, from the artist it's Count Cocula he has a little mini penis for, penises for teeth uh, and he's yelling as if you don't know Count Cocula there is uh, uh, there drips Walton coming from his uh, from his fang wangs, uh, from his fang wangs. Are there little drips going on, Walton? Cock teeth. Little like cock, cock teeth. teeth. I like to call them fang wangs. Wang fangs. Wang wang fangs. Wang fang is like an old Iron Man villain. Um, the, yeah. Pretty funny. Yeah, there's a little bit of drippage there, but um, yeah, Concocula can be yours. That might keep people from ordering a t-shirt. Yes, that, that might actually, I, I'm really afraid now to order one. What happens if a mom is just ordering a t-shirt for her kid? She's well, then going she's probably to ordering Cup the Puss and she doesn't yeah. get the joke trust, anyway. Trust me. Yeah, trust, yeah, trust me. <laughs> trust me. She wants the Count Cocula. Um, there were some kids at the booth last weekend who came by and saw the Cup the Puss shirt. And this girl was maybe 12, 13. She goes, what does it mean? And I was like, this shirt is not for you. Please do not wear it. I cannot be responsible for what happens. And Gilmore's not like, for sale. Gilmore's like, you want some candy? Gilmore, Gilmore, Gilmore didn't even say anything. He just walked up. <laughs> he just threw up the batter's mitt. Um, guys, so sad. I'm co-hosting this week. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Nellis, I'm sorry. Uh, guys. Nellis? Nellis. He said Nellis. The guy wearing the headphones? Yeah. Can't tell what I'm saying. Problem. <laughs> if there are any audio issues during this show, <laughs> yeah. like I'm silent. Please write to. All right. Please write to. What else um, got? Let's talk video games. Oh, uh, we got a chance to see a uh, walkthrough, uh, a little bit of uh, Spider-Man Edge of Time, which is the new uh, Activision uh, distributed Spider-Man game where... Uh, the Spider-Man from 2099 has some problems going on in his timeline. He goes back to, I think, like a similarly, like a similar alternate universe Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, and says, "Hey, we got to fix things in the Spider-Man timeline set to save 2099, and also to save the current timeline." Right? There's some problems there well, too. What has happened is a divergent timeline. Divergent has timeline been created. Okay. And in, this, right. in this timeline, Spider-Man yeah. has a great life. Yeah, he's happy. He people love him. It's like Age of X. Yeah, or what Nobody was it? Hates him. Age of Apocalypse. A- no, no, no. What oh, no, was no, no, the no. Um, Magneto? House of Mutants. House of Mutants. Yeah. House of M. Thank House you. Of, House of M. House of M. And I was trying to get the, the the developers of the thing to tell us like whether or not he's with Mary 
uh, Gwen Stacy or, or Mary Jane. They were they were mum on it. They but didn't the, like my questions. But the game, <laughs> well, I start every question. I, I, what do I yeah. what do I do when I sit down with a developer or a this movie? Game got titties. So tell me the first question. Tell me this game got titties up in this. That doesn't start things off on a good point. But what I've learned as a hardcore journalist, every question afterwards. They definitely want to answer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're like, please do not bring back that stupidity. Yeah. Uh, in this one, so as you're playing as... You're, you, you, it's not even co-op. It's not like somebody's playing no. 2099 and you're playing Which as amazing. Which is the most disappointing part because there's so many... Yeah. Uh, Ama- it, it, w- w- yeah, the cause and effect is the whole idea of the game. When you're an amazing Spider-Man, like, okay, maybe 2099 in his timeline is dealing with some problems like a robot or the tower not having a certain doorway to get to the rest of the, the level, Amazing Spider-Man, you switch to Amazing Spider-Man and you create that doorway or you destroy the manufacturing of that robot that years later will be fighting 2099 yeah, in a later incarnation. So uh, they have like this trans-time communication going on. It, it's something to do with the spider Something to do with like a spider sense. And so 2099 can say, hey, listen, you got to help me out, Spidey. And Amazing Spider-Man... Sorry, Amazing Spider-Man has to then affect the present yeah. so that 2099 can continue to uh, fix things in the future. And it's a little bit of Back to the Future style. I would have loved to be able to play this game with like Wally and say, like, Wally, like, help me out here. And then Wally in Amazing Spider-Man does something. Yeah. Or maybe I do something in the future that affects the, the, like the past or give him some knowledge of the past that helps him. It's not like that. It's yeah. not co-op. It's not. It doesn't it's have a. Pu- it doesn't seem like it has a puzzle element. It just switches back and forth, and it's very much felt like a brawler. It felt like a little bit of like a brawler, which I think we've played through with, uh, with this one where they turn into venoms. Yeah. What the one web where of web, of web of shadows, shadows shattered, dr- shattered, shattered dimensions. dimensions. Yeah. All that game did was make me want to play Arkham City that much more. And yeah, I can't wait for that. And really, like Arkham City and Arkham Asylum. Well, I, we can't speak for Arkham City yet. I can't wait for these Paul Dini scripted comics yeah. to come out because I, I need my Arkham City fix. But Arkham Asylum was such a perfect experience. Yeah. And I don't think, and I, I want to write an article about this, so I won't go further. But um, I think that the Spider-Man books, can't, uh, the Spider-Man video games can't be reactionary. They can't be a reaction to, oh, you just want more of the same? Or you want us to do the same better? We don't want you to do the same at all. And we don't want the developer to create an Arkham Asylum for Spider-Man because what works for Batman doesn't work for Spider-Man. Okay? And I'll tell you this much. My, my focus and what I would love to see in an amazing Spider-Man game, and I'll, I'll go further in an article, is Peter Parker. Right? And I'm not saying play as Peter Parker and run around with this and that, although that might be something. Um... In a Batman game, you want to play as Batman. You love Batman. The drama always comes from Batman in his Rose Gallery, right? His personal life, the dude's filthy rich. He doesn't have a whole lot of problems except loneliness, right? Spider-Man, the drama mainly comes out of his personal life. Can I defeat the Green Goblin in time to make it to Mary Jane's recital or home for dinner or to save uh, save Aunt May? The, the, The... the man in the suit and the man in the street interrelate almost yeah. to a point of overly complicating both stories. So an amazing Spider-Man story is always complicated by what's going on in Peter's life and vice versa. I think that kind of excitement and that kind of stress of having to gauge the two at the same time and keep the plate spinning would be really fun if you could figure out how to do it in a video game. Doesn't that make sense? Well, it almost turns it into an interesting concept of like 
a brawler with an RPG in that regard. A little bit of an RPG, yeah. a little bit of an adventure puzzle yeah. angle. Like, well, like, actually, like maybe to help Spider-Man out, there's something at the Daily Bugle that you need, yeah. and only Peter can go through the files or through the lab right. or something. Well, to, but you know, but an interesting concept would be like the Bioware you know, method of, of conversation mm -hmm. where you have the dialogue wheel that gives you the different options for how are you going to react to this situation. Because the supporting cast is so huge. Absolutely, and, and integrating, uh, many integrating of them, that into a Spider-Man Some of them become style. villains. Yeah. Right? You've been playing this Dragon Age 2, speaking of Bioware. Yeah. And how is it? Because you played through the whole first Dragon yeah, Age, I'm so, guessing. So did you I do played, the gay elf I, stuff? I, I, I did not do the gay elf you should. stuff. I, I'm told I should. Um, no, I did. You know that, right? That there's yeah, like yeah. a sex scene. In, in, I love that they put a, a, like yeah, a gay in, sex in, scene. In Dragon, Dragon Age and Dragon Age 2, you, as I, a male character, you can sleep with another male character. I fucking love that. Um, so I played through Dragon Age. I played through Dragon Age Origin a couple of times as a rogue, as a actually as all three classes: uh, rogue, mage, and warrior. Mostly, I don't think I ever played a dwarf, but it was mostly. So you play the shit out of the game, is what you're telling I, me. I played the fuck out of it. Well, I did the same thing with uh, Mass Effect and Mass Effect Two. I mm -hmm. love the Bioware stuff; is great. Um, but I have to admit, Dragon Age Two has been pretty unimpressive to me. I talked to a buddy of mine yeah. who's at uh, who's at PC World, and we both had very similar experiences with it, which is we had such high hopes because. Dragon Age, which is such an expansive, um, individualized experience. Um, when you get Dragon Age 2, you can port your choices from Dragon Age 1 in, but it doesn't seem to really affect anything in a meaningful uh, way. Now, like, in Mass Effect 1 and 2, did it? It did, actually. Okay. In Mass Effect 2, you, you were had, stuck in some things. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, in Mass Effect, if you... If you there's a, there's a Killed great example, off certain people. Well, if you yeah. never engage with certain people, certain things can't happen. If you kill off certain people, it actually does snowball into like their children coming back and <gasps> wanting to fight you. There's one where there's a great example of one where in Mass Effect One you meet a guy named Conrad Werner, and he's like your biggest oh, yeah. fan, and he starts obsessing over you. And then it's as like time goes on, yeah, right. Um, and as time goes on, and sort of the end of the third act, as you're about to sort of engage in the final battle, he shows up and he's like got this mock armor that looks like yours, and he's become this like fanboy to an extreme, and he started like this anti-alien movement. And you can either, like, calm him down or you can, you know, like, basically punch him in the face yeah. and knock him out. If you punch him in the face and knock him out in the second game, he comes back and he's become this sort of disheveled, ridiculous character who's, like, who thinks he's helping to save the, the universe, mm -hmm. you know, even but he's though he's become you, a you with him. Well, he's become sort of a Fuck nuisance him. almost. Okay. Versus in the first one, if you just politely tell him to go away, he, he won't show back up. Hmm. Or he's not supposed to show back up. Right. There's a little bit of a glitch there. But anyway, more to the point. In Dragon Age 2, when you port these choices in, it affects some, like, story moments, and it affects who you have a dialogue with at certain times. But beyond that, nothing happens. It doesn't really drive anything in a particular direction that I can see. Having said that, you know, there's also a couple of other faults with the game. The expansiveness of the areas feels pretty limited. The map allows you to warp to places pretty quickly. Is it so. the same map as the other one? You, no, You wanted more, or what? Well, I, what I want is... is sorry. Um, in... What I wanted was, I wanted, frankly, the, the real problem I have with it, beyond the game engine, which is kind of eh, and, you know, the graphics, which are fine, but again, kind of eh, there's no commitment to the story in a sense that drives me to want to keep playing it again. Like, I'll play it through again a second time to just, you know, I'll get all the little right. awards and achievements for my Xbox Live account. But the reality is is that actually I, I don't feel driven to want to... Like, I play Dragon Age Origins repeatedly because I was driven to find all the little things that, like, I had one playthrough where I, you know, I'm just the nastiest bastard in the world and I just do everything negatively and I still manage to beat the game and save the princess and blah, blah, blah. In Dragon Age, like, pretty much no matter... In Dragon Age 2, rather, no matter what I do, it kind of all ends the same. 
Oh, so even that mor- the moral choices are just the moral choices, it funnels I mean, you into a place. Well, that's, so like yeah. dra- like Dragon Age, it's like a level of like who's you know who f- is friendly with you. So right. that's where the meter sort of goes up and down. In Mass Effect, it's Paragon versus Renegade. So right. morally good choices versus morally reprehensible choices. In Dragon Age Two, it's friendship versus rivalry. But you can have somebody who's so totally a rival, and they're still like your buddy. Oh. It doesn't make any logical sense. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, my feeling is that if I'm going to give it a you know one out of ten scale, it's a solid seven. It's just, it's good. But you wanted the ten. I that wanted you played, the ten that yeah. I played before, and they hyped it up. And you know, I mean, there was all this pre-sale stuff, and now they're doing this promotion where you can buy Dragon Age Two and get a free copy of Mass Effect Two. Okay. And so, like, now they're trying to bundle things. But together. chances are you've already played Mass Effect. Yeah, chances are yeah. at this point, if you you know you mass you kind of you know you kind of jumped the shark on that one. So. It's frustrating because you, you want it to be better. And I hope with Dragon Age 3 they've learned their lessons. But it's clear it was rushed through production. You know, the art quality hasn't really changed or improved in any noticeable significant way. Um, some of the writing is really good. I mean, to be to give credit where credit is due, some of the characters are really well written. But, you know, as somebody pointed out on the boards I was reading uh, earlier today, there's no one character that, like, went to have a romance with. Like, in the first one, there are characters who are like, oh, obviously, this is, like, the good choice, and this right. is kind of the dangerous choice, and this is the one you don't expect. It's like but real life. Them, we, it's like real life. But in all of them, they're, like, just kind of all crappy choices. Right. The one that's the, sort of the least crappy is the pirate wench. And granted, that's fun, yeah. but I like the, it's, I, that's the, the least wench. crappy of them. So, you're not even writing. Who are you kidding? Pirate wench. I'm just thinking of uh, uh, Halloween outfits for Laura. Fantastic. Um, guys, the next, speaking of video games, the next big event we're going to attend as press is E3, which is going to come up in early June. Um, yeah, that's right. Uh, we're going to do that. Uh, we're looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's all sorts of stuff. I want to see more software coming out from the Nintendo 3DS. It sounds like Malaise has already kind of set in on that uh, I can't unit. wait to see what you think of uh, Telltale's Jurassic. Oh, Telltale's Jurassic Park would be fun. Something that has... You can die in that game for the first time in a Telltale game. You can die in their Jurassic Park. Um, and all this to come on Geekscape. We've got a website, geekscape.net, where we have uh, interviews, features, forums, news, everything for you guys. Um, we've also got a Facebook group, a YouTube channel, and a Twitter account where you can stay informed on what we're up to, what the site's up to, and really what you're up to, because this is all um, what you guys make it. You guys submit news, you guys talk on the forums, you guys tell us what you're into, and uh, we try and explore it. So be a part of Geekscape, uh, geekscape.net. Accepting, accepting writers. If you guys want to write for Geekscape, we'll send you, we'll send you to these, uh, these things. You can become the next High Five Hilliker. We'll, you can talk to your favorite creators. Email us, all right? I'm Jonathan at geekscape.net. We've got Walton at geekscape.net. Um, and of course, our good friend Jason Ellis. You can follow on Twitter at Jason Ellis. It's true. He, he tweeted, right. "I'm going to try this again." <laughs> I had a very love-hate relationship with Twitter for some time, but I'm going to give it a shot. I'm at Jonathan London. This is at B2 Walton, and we are signing off for episode 206 of Geekscape. We'll see you guys next week with more news, reviews, and everything that's good in the world of geek, right? And maybe some that's bad, like us. And we'll also see you at the live review. Blunder down under. Yeah.